Good evening, South Africans. Again, it's Songas Amabekla still here on SAFM Viewpoint, 7th of August 2019. It's 21.09. And the final segment, of course, it's Business Wednesday, hashtag Business Wednesday. We're talking about driving SMME growth through innovation. And to have that discussion with us immediately after this short ad break will be Mr. Kuni Medell, Medell and Partners. He's the CEO there, as well as Mr. Ernst Erasmus of Real Pay. Payment Solutions Director for African Expansion and Payment Systems. We're talking to young people. We're talking to small businesses. We're talking to those who still need an investment, who still need, if anything, faith in their ideas such that we can drive growth through innovation in the SMME space. Please stay tuned. It's 2110. My name is Songa Zomabete. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. on In the voice of Mr. Kuni Medell, to set them on a new path of growth, we have a series of simple yet effective questions for SMEs to answer. The answers, if totally honest, can help to firm, firmly place innovation in the company's future and success. The first question, why? This business and its purpose? What evolutionary or revolutionary market opportunities that exist for the products, services, solutions that your business offers? Who? Who should buy your products or service offering? Where? Where are your products, services, offerings being sold? Geography as well as channels? When? Setting your short, setting your short medium and long-term goals. Which? Which skills do you need? And I suppose that also comes with who are the persons who have those skills and where do you find them or how do you sufficiently get the sense of upskilling. More often than not, small businesses struggle to attract businesses or comply with either their local municipalities or SARS even. These challenges paired with a lack of resources, guidance, innovation, failing to generate income, access to markets and marketing in itself can result in the shutdown for an SMME. In this climate especially, middle and partners have a solution to this problem. So if you own a small business and you can relate to some of the challenges I've just mentioned, this interview is for you. We're in conversation with Mr. Kuni Medell, who just now will be talking to us. And the pleas, of course, especially for small businesses who are feeling the pinch of the economic environment that, for the most part, is not assisting SMMEs, especially 0891-104-207. I understand at 2112, we have Mr. Kuni Medell on the line. Kuni, good evening. Hi, good evening, Sungeetu, and your listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's talk to those questions that I had highlighted first. Why, what, who, where, when, and which? And perhaps you might just want to unpack them in context so that we can get the right audience in, please. Yeah, you know, I think that that, um, small businesses and medium-sized businesses, you know, many people venture into certain things and they they don't really understand why they they should be in that business. People... You know, they see people driving around in fancy cars and, um, you know, nice clothes, etc. Et and they think, oh, if this guy is doing that, I should be doing that as well, you know. But we should be asking why we should be in a certain business. Is there a need for it? You know, are they, are, you, know, you know, what are the needs of customers? We're not listening to customers out there. We don't, we're not observing what's going on in our economy, etc. We're actually, in fact, not observing what's going on in our country because the rest of Africa is growing and small SMEs and SMEs can actual fact sell services and products to the rest of Africa. But we, we continue looking into South Africa only. You know, we, we're not observing. And, you know, um, I think the what, you know, people should be asking, you know, um, 
you know, what, what opportunities um, exist, you know, um, what are the opportunities in terms of products and services. Um, many of us wants to go, want to go and sell something, um, but in actual fact, we should be asking our customers what they want, what are their needs, you know. Because then when we understand people's needs, well, then it's much easier in actual fact to, to collaborate with others and, 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 and get products and services and solutions actually that we can sell to them, you know. And I think we should be asking, okay, so who is going to buy, is going to buy these products and services in Africa? Um, we've got to identify the customers. Who are they? You know, and uh, we, we see it so often that people haven't thought it through in terms of who am I going to deliver these services to? You know, um, is it a growing market? You know, is there, is there a huge need? You know, um, so what are the burning issues in South Africa? I mean, lots of them. Education is one of them, as an example. Um, you know, there's lots of huge needs in terms of that. Mm. Um, uh, there's unemployment. And then where? Where am I going to sell these products? And again, South Africans are generally inclined to try and look at South Africa only. In actual fact, South Africa, you know, the RAND's weakness, in actual fact, is a strength in terms of export. You know, so there's a huge opportunity. Even as a small little um, entrepreneur, you know, and there are many ways in terms of how you get your product outside. You know, and when? You know, when should you be uh, innovating your business? You know, what are the what are the goals? What should be your short-term goals? What your medium-term goals? Your long-term goals? You know, a business, SMME and SME, you know, you don't just have a successful business. You have to have a proper plan. You have to, it's, it's something, it is, it's a system. It's something that there's certain things that you have to follow. You have to, um, you know, you can't just hope for the best. You've got to look at why businesses are successful, you know. And what you've got is considered the, the which, you know, in terms of the skills. What skills do I have in my business? Um, what skills do I need? But people most, most of the time think that, okay, I don't have those skills. But in actual fact, you could collaborate with others, especially if you're a small company. Actually, fact, there are lots of other small companies. And collaboration um, is something also that they haven't really, uh, you know, unlocked the value of collaboration. Because in actual fact, that's when you get... One and one gives you three or four or five. You know, yes, uh, yes. Because, yeah. And, and I think that's where the SME is. They all want, okay, I've got to do everything myself. But that's not the case, actually. There are wonderful people out there. They're wonderful, great talent out there. Actually, in fact, it's, it's, it's meeting up with that great talent, in a sense. You know, those are the, 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 the who's and the what's that, you know, that I've just described. Just an example here. I mean, I, I could sort of just delve into right straight into it, and I would imagine, at least from what I take out of this, there are, of course there are many challenges, but selling to an entrepreneur the idea that that person's idea should be shared for potential collaboration, should be shared because they want to understand what the market wants or the potential customers want, should be shared because they need to unlock the potential of institutional partners, social partners, if you like, the idea that what is in my head, because I'm so thoroughly married to it, if I talk about it or if I share it, I might equally be sharing what ultimately would be my profit, my bread and butter, because in an environment such as ours, trust is very low and you place a high premium on trust. How do you satisfy that inherent tension of, well, you can't have an idea on your own without sharing it at some point for the purposes of running the business. But at the same time, you also have to be careful with whom you share your ideas, with whom and how you engage your trigger points in terms of getting your customers and getting your collaboration such that the business itself is not threatened. How then do we make sure that we strike that critical balance? Yeah. 
A very, very valid question. But you know what? I think that, that what is very important. We get a lot of SMEs and entrepreneurs coming to us, and they think they have a wonderful idea. And they, they can say, "Listen, this is the world first. You know, it's just, just amazing in a sense." And actually, fact, we, we, we unfortunately have, are the bearer of bad news in most instances. Because um, many people, there are a lot of people around the world, and, and, and they they've soon discover actually that there are lots of other people that have already considered those ideas in a sense. And it's not, you know, when you're a small business, it's not about your idea. It's about what are the best ideas, in actual fact, um, out there. And when you start listening to your customers and when you look at your people inside your business and observing and learning what's happening around, you know, South Africa and around the world in a sense, you have to, have to, for you to have a good idea, you have to have many ideas. Now, we take people through a process where we raise between 500 and 750, 700 ideas. We've had customers that raise a lot more than that. But that's staff and it's the people within the business, you would think. And the key is then, okay, fine, let's pick the top idea. Um, and, and that's where the big mistake comes. People, they think that they wake up one morning, they think it's what a wonderful idea, et cetera, and now they think it's a secret. And they, they want to you know, protect this little secret that they've got. <laughs> in actual fact, they should be, in actual fact, be engaging with customers in a sense, and they should be, they should be piling up a lot of ideas first. You know. And and the CEO or the guy that's, that's in charge of the business, in actual fact, should should be asking his, his staff, and his personnel, and his customers and clients, and, and, and gather a lot of ideas, etc. Because they are in those. 500, 600 ideas, I think. There are some jewels, and you've got to find them. And there's a process that we take people through and say, listen, oh, well, that's a cool idea. Because many clients, they think, they think it's a wonderful idea to go to a customer, and the customer says, actually, like, we don't really like it. You know, we, we don't need it. It's a little gimmick. You know? So I think that, that um, the, 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 the major companies in the world, even the major companies in the world, in a the sense, they are continually um, collaborating with other people, in actual fact. You know, the, 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 the most valuable companies in the world are collaborating with other companies and even small companies. So um, sharing um, is, is not, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of sunshine, in actual fact, in the world, and therefore, in terms of products, um, um, it's, it, you know, by holding it too close, an actual fact could be to your detriment, in actual fact. You know. So, you yeah, look, you've got to be, be cautious who you talk to, where you're testing your idea. I'm not saying that you've got to be mm-hmm. like, okay, you're spreading the word to everybody. But you have to have a small little uh, core circle of uh, your own staff that you, uh, that you, that you discuss, and they've got to come up with ideas, etc., because they might have much better ideas than you have. And that's the big problem. That many times the little entrepreneur that's got a wonderful idea, yes. as a boss, you know, he says, listen, we're going to do this. And then the staff thinks, oh, my goodness me, it's a bad idea. And actually, but this is the boss. You know, so we've got, to, you know, we've got to support him. Otherwise, we don't have a job, you see. But the, the guy in charge, actually, was saying, listen, I have to create these ideas with my staff because they might have better ideas than I have. Actually, fact, and it's not about my ideas, actually, fact, what are the best ideas that we could, and, and we could collaborate with others and friends and, and other trusted parties, account, you know, people that you know in business, et cetera, and, to, to, and, and, and that's, you know, an idea, is, an idea is just an idea, actually. It's still nothing. It's not a product. Yeah. And I, really a product is something when you take that idea and you start putting things together, you know, oh, I put this together, I put that together. I mean, look at, you know, the success of Apple, you know, uh, you know such a known success story. Yeah, but, you know, that you took a music player, a camera, you know, a, a, a telephone, and, it, and it put a whole new combination together, they've created a smartphone, etc. Nothing was new, the camera wasn't new, the, the, you know, a phone wasn't new, etc. But the combination. And innovation. Innovation. Yeah, that's innovation. It's something new, but it might be 
consist of a lot of other pieces that you put together, a service that you've got, oh, I'm going to take this service and I'm going to add this, and I put that together, oh, poof, and suddenly that's a huge, amazing mm-hmm. innovation. But the, those come with brainstorming and, and idea sharing. Oh, you know, customers, you talk to the customer, oh, you, you see this idea, I've got to, what do you think about this? And the customer says, well, you know, that's oh, okay. But you add, if you can add this, well, that, that would be great. So that sharing in actual fact is creating that innovation. You know, there's a lot of brainy people, clever people out there. You know, like you cleverer than you are. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're entrepreneur in a sense. If you think that you, you, you know, the, you've got, you know, you've got everything, you know everything. It's just that you're on the wrong track. Absolutely on the wrong track. And actually, the collaboration is actually creating that innovation in terms of, and then your staff have got the buy-in because they now like, oh, we've built this product with our, you know, with the owner, with the boss, etc. We're part of it. We, we co-created the co-creation of ideas. That's, that's where you have the buy-in. The staff member comes home and says, listen, wow, we've worked on this amazing idea, and I gave this, you know, I added this piece, and that guy added that piece, and we've mm. got this amazing thing, etc. Now you've got buy-in, everybody uh, is committed. Otherwise, you know, if, you're, you know, if you're creating your own little idea, it's like, you know, it's like having a, a child. You, you, you always know that your child, you love your child. You know, you say, listen, my child is amazing. You know, that. Uh, but sure, you, sure, you don't need to sure. love somebody else's job. Sure. That's the, the same with business. Yes, yeah. yes. No, let, let, let's hold the thought and the discussion right here. It's 21-23. We have to take a quick ad break. I'm going to cross over through now to Mr. Ernst Erasmus, who was once a small business. And I just want to hear now not only the philosophy of running a business and starting the incubation phase and right through to ultimately being the success story that ultimately one wants to be at the start of it all, Somebody who's actually done it and what of the discussions we have had were trigger points. Mr. Aaron's Erasmus follows after the break. SAFM leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhez Omapete on SAFM. 21-24, driving SMMEs growth through innovation. We're in conversation with Mr. Kuni Medal of Medal and Partners, CEO in that group, as well as whose voice you are just about to hear, Mr. Ernst Erasmus of Real Pay Payment Solutions. We're talking about how young businesses, small businesses, entrepreneurs can sufficiently in harness, if you want, the ideas and resources such that whatever product or service or good that they sell ultimately not only survives but also grows. And before perhaps and you'll indulge me, Aaron, let me just take a quick call from the most omnipresent guy we have on radio. He's calling us not from a town, but he's calling us from the entire province. So in KGM, if you're in the Free State, there's a good chance you can see him because he's calling us from the Free State. KGM. Good evening to your guest and good evening to the listeners. Indeed. Uh, so, so let me let me just put a bit of a spanner to your discussion. Yes. Uh, in this sense, the the issue of SMMEs in this country, they they are distorted by the continuation of a bad thing. And what I mean by that, Songezo, is that um, we, we've we've been doing a lot of cut and paste in this country. What works in a township supposedly supposed to work in a village. And I completely disagree with that. And the reason why I disagree with that is because over the past almost two decades, I've been doing business both in, in rural settings and, and in, in, in so-called civil settings. Mm. And my experience is that the reason why small businesses are not uh, sort of recognized uh, to, to, to the effect of their impact in, in the society. It, it's because of the cut-and-paste model. 
Now, we're missing an opportunity of the actual impact that small business is doing to the economy. And, and I, I challenge your guest in this way. Mm. Um, and I also challenge you, Songa, sure. uh, in terms of, of media. Today, mm. when we have your guest who threshes out very important issues about small businesses, let's also bring somebody who does small business, and I'm not necessarily referring to myself, but anybody, could be anybody from any rural setting. Mm. Let's hear if there is any compatibles or maybe the cut and paste can learn something from the rural setting sure. that goes to help the, the, the urban setting. And my last comment is this. Indeed. We should ask ourselves a question that why is Kenya, why has Kenya overtaken us economically in terms of uh, uh, local businesses? Why has Nigeria taken over as the leading economy in the continent? Simply because the business model that they're using has social responsibility. Now, your guest is not alluding to this. Mm. He's talking about a model that only benefits uh, owners of the industry or captains of the industry like me and him. But my challenge to him is let's put to our business models social responsibility. South Africa has come from a legacy that challenges us not to ignore the responsibility that has to come with social responsibility. And only that way we can collectively, small, medium, micro, and multinationals, contribute equally and benefit equally into the economy of, of, the, of the country. I hope my point is, is, is taken somewhere. Absolutely, absolutely, and we do appreciate it. In fact, to the extent that your point is of relevance, Mr. Ernst Erasmus is now going to respond to that. He's actually... At the Orga, he's a director for African Expansion and Payment Systems at RealPay Payment Solutions. And your example, especially as it pertains to Kenya and Mpesa and how it was successful there, for instance, and how it is not successful in South Africa, he might, I'm not saying he does, he might have a response to that. But also from a copy and paste perspective, I think in the context of that particular point that you have made, he's the best person. So, Ernst, let me give you the opportunity to, first of all, respond to our caller, KGM, and then sort of carry on in terms of how once where you were to where you now are. Hi, good evening. Indeed. Uh, yes. Thank you for having us, and uh, it's a privilege to be on your show. Um, I would like to just not respond immediately to, to, sure. to the question posed, uh, because I want to get to it a little, little bit later on, on to my response. Very well. Um, when we started our business, Real Pay, um, we had a, a dream. We were a one-man show. We had a dream to facilitate debit orders in Africa. Um, initially, we thought, that we're going to start with uh, the business in South Africa. And uh, we were basically pushed to start our business in Botswana. And we actually started a, a business together with uh, our uh, uh, sponsoring bank, F&B, uh, in Botswana, where we would will facilitate debit orders uh, to businesses, be it uh, microfinance business, be it uh, education, anybody that needs to collect installments in a country. So we were like really like much pushed to, to not start in South Africa. We started our business as a small business, one-man show, only me, in Botswana, and I literally put on my techies and I walked from shop to shop to sell the product. Uh, and we increased our, our business. It, and with a bit of innovation and entrepreneurship, which we have, which I which we have, mm. 
we started to create a business that facilitates debit orders uh, in these countries, which was a huge need because literally in Africa, there's no such companies that can facilitate debit orders to all banks. Uh, we were very fortunate. Um, we got a very good take-up in Botswana, which led us to, to open our South African branch, uh, currently the head office here in South Africa. We opened South Africa, and, 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 and the very same year that we opened South Africa, we also uh, had the privilege of opening Namibia on the same basis and the same model of you know doing the same thing, copy-paste, copy-paste that you just mentioned. Uh, then later on, we moved over to Swaziland, Lesotho, and now in Zambia. So our business really grew from a very, very small enterprise into a small, medium enterprise. And we were doing very well. The economy was good to us. There was a need for our business, for, for our solution. Uh, people were, were asking for us. We could facilitate banking solutions uh, in, in Africa that nobody else in the world was doing. So we were literally thinking we were on top of the world. Uh, until about uh, two years ago, we realized that we're just continuing to doing the same thing over and over again. And mm-hmm. at some stage, our business is going to just like not only stabilize, but going down because we, we do not innovate. Uh, that was when the, we, we decided to start the process of uh, engaging with middle and partners. Um, and we, we, we got Cooney in to do what they call the fourth innovation sessions with us, where we got our team together, our management team and staff involved, um, to do a proper innovation session. Previously, what we did was we got the staff together. And look, we're not a big company at that stage, maybe 20 people. And we were like, what, what's the next big thing? What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? And we had some ideas, but you know, the ideas, nice ideas came out, but it just kept on floating. We, uh, we didn't really act on it. And when we engaged the, the fourth model, it really gave us some structure. So Kuni helped us to raise, and it was actually amazing. We were eight guys in the room of, the, of all the staff, and we raised 377 ideas. Eight people. Yes, it was such an amazing process. So we eight people, and we sat a full day just thinking out of the box to say, we are in payments. I mean, we, we are specializing in debit order solutions, and that's what we do. But what else can we do? Where can we go with this business? Can we literally take it from being a, I want to say, an Oxwagon type of normal debit order solution mm-hmm. company to something else? And we, we needed to, and uh, I, I, I can always laugh at Mr. Middle, as Cooney said, we need to make the business sexy. And we, we, we had to find this magic to make the business sexy. And uh, through this process, we raised these ideas. Eventually, those ideas were formed into 12 concepts. And the 12 com- concepts basically now uh, about uh, two or three months ago came, came down to about five good proper business proposals which we had to now go go into and do a process with the that the, the middle call the observe and learn session and observe and learn and collaboration is quite is very much the same type of thing where you literally spend 
we've spent about uh, one and a half to two months, eight of guys of us sitting, Googling, just Googling what what is out there, what is out there in payments and not and non-payment that we can do to just take our company from where we are as a small, medium enterprise, literally, and blast us into the future with some new, innovative uh, ideas. I'm going to have to interrupt you not, uh, just after that point, yeah. but I, I, I do want to say this before I forget it. We need to find, in the context of what your business does, a solution for how social grants in this country are distributed. Just make sure you make a note of that because I was about to forget it and I just remembered again. But carry on. You said then, after Googling, you needed to what? Yes. Yes. So, so I think what, what, what businesses are actually missing, and that's what we missed. We missed the observe and learn part of, of, of innovation. So that's literally sitting at your desktop, booking just take out take out the day, sit at your desk or sit at home and just focus on new business. So we had those concepts and we were focusing on those concepts. And out of those concepts, good grief, I can tell you we it's such a huge amount of work to be done and we we you know, in South Africa, the small medium enterprises think we have to deal with small enterprises or, or, or larger companies in South Africa. But that's not actually true. There are a huge amount of companies out there in Europe, in Asia, in, just in, in America, you can call it, that's literally doing the same type of thing and we can collaborate. So why reinvent the wheel if there's already something out there that you just can link onto that? And we had telecoms and video cons and we had to actually put in special video uh, equipment at our company at a great expense to talk to people in other countries worldwide to say but we are a, a debit order company focusing on Africa. We are in the six African countries. Mm. We are doing very well. It's not going that bad, although the economy is a bit uh, the slow at the moment, but we're not doing that bad. But how can we collaborate with somebody in Europe? Or how can we co- collaborate with somebody in Asia to say, you are doing more or less the same thing. What are you doing different than us? And how can we collaborate? And wow, that was an, an, an amazing experience. <coughs> and we, could, we teamed up with some of those guys to say, how can we take this collaboration further? And how can we get into markets where we can earn dollar and, and euros and uh, some other currencies. And um, although we just, in the startup process of that, we came up with such great ideas. So we actually split that up into two kind of uh, 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 sections. The one is evolutionary and the one, the other one is revolutionary. So the fourth process that Middle and Partners taught us, said, take what you have and just evolutionize that just do evolu- uh, evolutionary process with that so what we did was mm, mm. into payments and I'll get you the social grounds later in payments what can we do better that we currently not doing and that I can just tell you uh, we got to do I mean one of the things that we're going to launch now within the next few months is what we call an omni-channel in Zambia where we are going to flat out into wallets, mobile payments, digital payments, and something that really doesn't exist in that country. Um, 
So the process really helped us to, to think out of the box. I know that's a cliche, but mm. we thought to think out of the box. And we are, we are actually, as we speak, launching that very system where consumers can move money to wallets from their cell phones on mobile payments. And I'm not going to go into the technicalities sure. of that. Yes, yes. Um, one of the, the, the other things we did was um, we, uh, the, in the revolutionary space, yes. we, we found a friction in education um, where we think all the kids in South Africa and the world, for that matter, doesn't get the same education stability that you get in the, the, the high-density areas like Gauteng or Cape Town or wherever. Mm. So we looked at some companies, and we found companies that's really specializing in augmented reality, virtual reality, and animation. And we, we, we did some, some observing and learning and said, but why have a normal education system when you can literally take your cell phone and have a kid watch a video where the teacher in animation uh, give a full lesson to, uh, to children, doesn't matter where they are. If they can sit in the small village, they can sit in the rural areas, they can sit in high-density areas, and they can Have the same lesson. They can have the same lesson downloading a video very engaging, very in their face, and they give them... Uh, science lesson or a math lesson where they can they can see a, a, a character it might be a character or person or a, like a Marvel hero giving a lesson to them in math because we know in South Africa sure, especially sure. We, we need to focus on math. No, Aaron, let me, let, let me um, with, with great respect, let me just interrupt you there because I, I, I have to move back to Kuni for the purposes of just trying to understand exactly yes, the, the, the entire process that you have outlined to us is pretty much probably a template in many respects of how a business grows. The idea that of, first of all, moving out of your comfort zone and doing mm. the hard work and the sweat. What I take from this, especially from the 350 ideas to 12 concepts to five proposals and the observe and learn aspect of it all is something which fits right at the very beginning of what any business should do. And I'm going to call it research and development. The critical component of unlocking Mm -hmm. the IP of the idea that is going to give you the money, that it has so many dimensions to it. How important is that? Because from this business perspective of real pay payment solutions as described by Ernst, it's clearly what is allowing them to grow and not to be especially stagnant or worse, declining. Yes, um, I think you should give Kuni a... a Yeah. Yeah, so so I think that 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 I think what is really critical what Darren's just raised is the fact that most companies they, as I said before, they they they, they want to start with a, with a couple of ideas in a sense, and before you start raising ideas, you have to go through an extensive observe and learn. And I think just want to respond to the earlier caller that came in in the sense that for you to build a business, you've got to have to, you've got to understand your market. And it's just not a cut at paste. For every market. Mm. And that's why what I absolutely agree with him. And that's why when you go into rural areas or when you go into into certain markets in Africa countries, you can't just apply what you think I'm applying here and putting it somewhere else as an example. Mm. You have to observe and learn. You have to talk to those people. And that's the thing is that 
um, through observing and learning, which is the most important part, to say, listen, what are the frictions, what are the big problems that we have in rural areas or education or what are the big issues? Um, you could identify them because when there's, fric- there's friction, you could actually fact design a product that potentially can solve a friction. That's innovation. So the key is, and then you've got to look at technologies. Do I have technologies? What do I need? And that observing and learning, and actually when you do the you, uh, search around the world in a sense for technologies or people to collaborate with, mm. suddenly you are, okay, hold on, I can now take a friction that we have in South Africa or in a rural area or a city, et cetera, and I can have a product uh, that can either my, manufacture myself. It might not even be a product. It could just be a service at the end of the day. So observing and learning is, is a big step that companies generally miss. And we focus a lot on terms of helping clients to observe and learn. And, you know, we, we show them a lot of stuff. We show them a lot of technology, et cetera. And suddenly, oh, my goodness, I haven't seen this. You know, how can you innovate if you haven't, you know, have a broader view about what's really going on? You know, mm, um, mm. And, and, and I think that's, that's uh, you know, what's very – and I think what, what Aaron has just highlighted on the fact that they – with their observant then they looked at their own market and they said, listen, how can we – you know, what's happening in that market? How is this market changing? Let's observe and learn in terms of what the – you know, what's happening in the world – but also, let's look at frictions and opportunities that's outside of payment. Because, you know, education, we know education is a huge friction in this country. And how could they come up with a product that's very innovative? And I think that this, you know, the, this, the, 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 the work that's been done on this particular product, in actual fact, um, it will be a world's first in terms of its form. Sure. Um, and, and Aaron can talk about the, you know, the, the concepts that they developed and the prototyping and things that are uh, absolutely revolutionary. And the revolutionary comes from a perspective in terms of making a real big jump in terms of education, but also offering the best education, the education you could potentially get from a private school, as suddenly in a rural area at a very, very low price. Sure. Let's agree on that. Let's agree on this. Aaron, you're going to have to come back and talk to us and talk to us only about this education dimension and we'll bring in an educator, even a professor in that regard because I think this is incredibly important in the context of South Africa. It's 21.44, gentlemen, and I've got like another two minutes to go before the end of the show because we have to go on another segment. But Aaron, let me just give you this opportunity to talk to us now. In the context of what you do and understanding, if you like, the African market, especially the rural market of it all, let's try and understand how social grants in South Africa can be better distributed such that we don't have especially the kind of congestion in those spaces where currently it is being distributed? Well, you're actually raising a very difficult question there because uh, uh, we know that that's a big issue in South Africa. Um, in, our, in our world, where we focus on education, we think smartphone technology has spread so wide that Literally, even in the rural areas, everybody's got a smartphone. So in, in, for myself, and I'm speaking for myself, I would like to see government uh, uh, focusing on bringing down the cost of data so that people can, uh, children can download apps, typically what we currently de- designing in our company, Talent Plantation, where we, you can download a video which actually teach you science or math, and you can uh, literally... Re- re-look at those those videos and get proper educators to show you exactly uh, what the, what what you should do in your in your math sure. or in your science. And um, if, if 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 I can say my piece, I think um, government should really look at not just giving social grants, but also maybe giving social grants in the sense of giving data to people because smartphones are out there. 
kids are using it and why would we and we can assist teachers all over South Africa just by giving them enough data so that they can download these applications so that they can get better education. Awesome. Look, let me leave it there. Thank you so much, Mr. Kuni Medell of Medellin Partners, CEO, Mr. Ernst Erasmus, Director for African Expansion and Payment Systems at RealPay Payment Solutions. We do promise you, stay on the line, have a conversation with the producers in terms of agreeing to a time whereby we can then unlock, especially how technology in education can be used to better the education outcomes. It's 21.47. It's time for us to cross over to the Jigsaw, our daily soapy.